don't throw away your intuition. I think ultimately it's very important and you cannot attribute everything and that's why you cannot measure everything perfectly. But try to, when you can, try to run experiments, see what works and actually use that rather than collecting opinions. Welcome to the Leaders of B2B podcast, a weekly show where we bring you interviews and in the weeds expertise with today's B2B experts and thought leaders. You can see more about today's episode and guest by visiting our website at leadersofb2b.com. This episode is brought to you by Content Allies. We help B2B companies launch revenue-generating podcasts. We schedule interviews between you and your ideal prospects and strategic partners. You show up for engaging conversations. We handle everything else. Ready to build a podcast that grows your business in just one hour per week? Reach out to us at contentallies.com. All right. Hey there, leaders. Welcome back to another episode of Leaders of B2B. Super excited today on the show to have Abel Grunfeld on the show uh, from Riverside, which is actually the technology we use to record all of these podcasts that you guys listen to. Uh, So if you've ever listened to one of the episodes, it was recorded with Riverside. And uh, very excited to be able to pull Abel onto the show today and just to dive into the story uh, of Riverside and everything. So thanks for coming on here today, Abel. Thanks for inviting me. I'm uh, very excited to chat with you here. Awesome. Uh, and and so really quickly for the audience, anyone who doesn't know uh, who you are and um, what Riverside is, can you just tell us quickly uh, a bit about your role and then maybe give us kind of the, the 60 to 90 second overview of what Riverside is? Yeah, sure. So basically I'm doing the marketing and growth within Riverside. And what that means is It means a couple of things, but I think it is on one hand setting up the inbound channel and on the other hand, basically making sure that the sales team, that the business development team, as well as the product and support team, that everyone has, let's say, the supporting materials to be able to effectively communicate it to our users as well as potential users. Then about Riverside, like we're a remote recording solution for audio and video creators. So that means that it's being used by podcasters, but also by any other type of content creator. So think about YouTubers, think about recording video testimonials, think about media companies such as Disney and Marvel, as well as large enterprises such as Spotify and Verizon Media. They all use Riverside to record really high quality audio and video with guests that are remotely. Nice. I love it. And the the way I always describe it to people as well is, you know, uh, a lot of people will just, you know, set up Zoom and record a podcast or record a video on you know Zoom or something. And um, while that's nice and easy, what happens if there's audio skipping or anything like that or Internet lagging, then basically that's baked into your recording. And on top of it, Zoom just not being as great a quality and What's really cool about Riverside is right now this is recording a video on your computer, like literally on your computer, and then it's recording a video on my computer, and it's uploading them while this is happening. And basically, at the end, we get these videos that were natively in audio files that were natively recorded. So if we have internet lags for three seconds here, instead of it cutting out and me not hearing you, we actually get those files in the end. And their HD video, which is way better than Zoom as well, high quality audio, all of those things, which is, uh, I'm actually an audio major back in school, so I love this stuff. Um, But um, that's kind of the way I always describe it. Is that a pretty accurate, I think, uh, overview of a lot of the the key benefits at this point? 
Yeah, yeah, for sure is. Like if I, if I can add to that, I think if you take Zoom as a reference, like Zoom is great, but Zoom is a video conferencing tool, meaning that it's optimized for that use case. But Riverside was really built as a recording first tool. And that's why we make different choices on the back end that actually result into a much better experience for you as a host or a guest, as well as a much higher recording output. Um, so I think that is like essentially what makes us so different. And then the second benefit of being built as a recording first tool is that we try to give you all the, all the tools and options to really make your workflow much easier because we focus on such a specific use case. Yeah, I love that. And I've seen what you guys, it, it seemed, and again, I've been, I guess, a customer now here for probably five or six months where I made the switch from another tool that was in the space to you guys, because I just saw that this, I was like, this is awesome. You guys are rocking it. And um, I saw what you guys were just have been building out a ton of features and things like the the magic editor, which I think is still in beta at this point, but these abilities to compose the tracks afterward and you know download each of the individual ones. I just keep seeing more and more features coming out from you guys. So is it, I'm curious from the product vision standpoint, is it going to be to grow out more and more tools to make kind of the producers uh, lives easier or where are you guys kind of taking that? Yeah, definitely. So I, I think a couple of things there. First of all, ultimately it's our goal to make your life as a creator in the broadest sense easier as well as making it much, much, yeah, making it easier, like in terms of that you trust all the processes, that you have a lot of control as a host or producer, as well as that your whole workflow becomes just simple. And what that means is that we have a lot of different features in place, but at the same time, we're, I would say, nonstop in touch with actually our users, our creators, and like just listen to them and hear from them what they need. And then we fit that into our like much larger vision. So as a consequence of that, uh, you, you already touched upon it, but we have a magic editor, um, which is now in beta. But what that does is that it automatically stitches actually together the separate tracks that were recorded locally, meaning independent of internet connection. So basically rather than going to your editing program, having to import all the files and stitch them together, which obviously takes a long time. It's a couple of button clicks and you can now do that. And so this is the first step to basically achieve that mission of really simplify the workflow, make it more powerful so that creators such as you, that you can sh focus on conducting a good interview, sharing stories, sharing new perspectives rather than being endlessly occupied by the tech behind the screen. Nice. I love that. And that's, um, it's so cool just to see what you guys are building and, and how quick, uh, everything is moving. And, and I'm curious, you know, so you guys have been around for about, uh, I, guess, I believe the company's about two years old. Is that right? Yeah. It's about a year, like a little over a year. Okay. Okay. So it was probably like a year and kind of like just development. Or I think I saw like from the founders, but yeah, that's, that's awesome. And you guys have done a lot in a year and and I think the the point which made me decide to switch to you guys was I believe you guys, uh, Hillary Clinton uses your platform for the, her podcast. Is that right? That's right. That's right. It, it's actually a very funny background story. And also to put a bit more perspective. So Riverside was launched a little over a year ago by two brothers who founded the company. But before it was Riverside, they had an online debating platform. And the idea is that, okay, so... We were established in the Netherlands. In the Netherlands, we have a multi-party system. So all debates take place in parliament. 
and involve a lot of different stakeholders. So the idea was here to look more at the American model and host online debates one-on-one, -on -one, 10 minutes, very engaging at the same time, involve the voter by having them call in with video to ask questions or use the chat box. And so this, this whole process, like the founders have invested a lot of resource and time into developing like a video recording platform. It's just that at some point we made a pivot to a different use case. And that is how Riverside was born, seemingly out of nowhere, but obviously the underlying technical infrastructure um, wasn't made overnight. That's amazing. So you guys were basically in an entirely different, they were chasing an entirely different kind of problem, different vertical. And at some point they just realized, hey, this makes way more sense. Or there's this big problem to solve over here in podcasting. And they were able to just kind of repurpose the underlying technology to, to shift over to this pretty quickly. Is that right? That's right. And the funny thing is that, so when being a political debating platform, like there was no Hillary Clinton. When ultimately making the pivot to a different use case, Hillary Clinton suddenly became like one of the first hundred paying customers. So some, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes things unexpected happen, and this was definitely one of them. That's awesome. And I know whenever, cause you, that, that literally that testimony was like, okay, these guys are legit and I'm going to go switch because, and it was interesting when I saw that, cause like as a podcaster, you know, you do these interviews live and if your platform ever crashes or something, it's, it's really horrible. Um, like if you ever do a podcast interview and it, it crashes, like you just wasted someone's time for an hour and that's a really horrible feeling. And I had that happen with, um, my previous platform on some occasions and it was not great and what was really cool and i saw that and so then i started looking into it and like the features you guys have around the like where you can just send them to like riverside.fm upload and even if the whole browser crashes they close the window like it'll still recover the file and like you guys had thought through everything on that you've got like the internet backups um and like it's just it's recording and backed up at multiple levels um, which was just so cool to see. And I think those were all the things that really won me over that you guys had did. No, that, that's awesome to hear. Like, yeah, we're working hard. And I think that ties in again to like really listen to your user and really solve the pains that, that they experience to provide a better product. Yeah, I love that. And so I'm curious for you as kind of head of growth and marketing there. Um, I love that you, whenever you described your role, you didn't just say, I'm responsible for marketing and driving leads. Uh, you were very specific uh, in saying that, you know, you run the inbound, you are responsible for making sure that your sales teams has the proper database uh, of targets. And I think you had a few more points on there, but can you maybe reiterate on like, what exactly are your key roles that you consider yourself as head of growth of marketing or where your focus is right now? Yeah, sure. So I, th I think the interesting thing is that when I joined the company back in June, like my, like the role of the company, as well as like the maturity of the company, like it's evolving constantly, which, which makes it an amazing environment to be in, to keep things simple and more high level. Like ultimately the goal is that initially when people are looking for a recording solution for any type of audio or video format, they should know that Riverside exists and they should know that, okay, for what specific reasons, for what pain points that Riverside can be used and maybe even should be used. Because if we look now, there's still so many recordings done through Zoom, through Teams, through Google Meet or any other recording tool. So I think really that awareness stage 
of knowing that such a solution exists is step one. Step two is that actually, okay, once you try it out, I mean, we all know that basically making the step to different tools, like there can be a switching cost. It can be more difficult. We all get comfortable with the solution we use. And that's why we try to make it really as simple as possible for the host, but also for the guest to join a session. So it's really the next step is like making sure that people try the product, see it for themselves, and then let the value of the product, let it speak for itself. So I think it's on one hand, it's awareness. And second hand is much more like, okay, how can we get them from the awareness to trying it? I think those two points have been the major focus. And then zooming out, obviously there's outbound and inbound. And I think like long-term you want to have a strong inbound channel. And so that's where I really focus um, a lot of my um, time and uh, efforts to. All that. And I'm curious when you think about inbound, because it's, it's such a big world these days and there's SEO on Google and SEO on YouTube. And then there's, you know, just social media. And there's like, I feel like inbound has just become this constantly growing behemoth and millions of miniature tactics within the bigger principles and stuff. How do you think about approaching inbound as a marketing channel? Yeah, I, I think, I think inbound, it's definitely, there are a lot of different variables. And it, it's, it's company specific, it's industry specific. I think one of the major benefits that we have and that makes my job like much easier is that it's just like innate to the product. So if you as a host, you like invite your guest on the platform. So as a guest, you already, you see the product, you know, oh, here am I. Oh, I actually kind of like the guest experience. And then you talk to... You talk to the host, you ask like, oh, what has been your experience? How do you like it? Et cetera, et cetera. And so I think that is, that is like a very, a very strong force in terms of, um, in terms of driving growth there. Um, so then I think a second point will be, okay, knowing that you have this aspect, how, how can I amplify it? So how do I make sure that the people actually came and maybe used the platform as a guest, that they start to adopt it? as a host as well. And so in that there, there are for sure different channels and that is for sure where um, you get like the classic approaches, but also the, let's say a bit more creative or new approaches. Um, so I, I think, I think that, is, that is one very important focus point of my work. And then the second one is also um, really focusing on content. I think content is, is super important for any inbound marketer, um, especially if actually creating content ties into the, the proposition, the product that you're trying to, um, to distribute. So what we try to do is like, first of all, we're shipping new features like very regularly. So we need to create a lot of content to be able to communicate that effectively to our users, as well as to the broader industry. Then I think the second point is that if you look at especially the podcasting industry, a lot of the, the people that are starting a podcast, like they're new, they're starting from scratch. They don't rely on any experience. So that requires a certain style of, let's say, top of funnel or more of a like beginner's level of content. But at the same time, being a professional solution, how, how do you make sure that you keep it engaging? How do you make sure that it still adds sufficient value for people who are more proficient, who maybe have like decades of experience who first used to record in offline studios with big production teams and now all of a sudden have to do it all online so i think 
that is definitely like a focus point. So how can we tie into these different personas, to these different levels of maturity? And how can we actually use the content that we produce to not only produce and distribute to our current users, but also use it to grow external channels that in the long run should um, should be a strong foundation for an inbound channel. I love that. And, and I'm curious when you think through this and you know prioritizing your various content or the different types of pieces or anything like this, how do you go about prioritizing? How do you, you know, when there's an endless array of options and everything like this, how do you prioritize the various initiatives or pieces or things that you should focus on? Yeah, I, I think that that's definitely a good question. That's always that's always a challenge. But I, I think like when it comes down to content, I think there are a couple of things. Like, first of all, you map, okay, how, how close to your product is it? So let's say if I'm making a piece of content about our new feature that's called the Magic Editor, then like without a doubt, that is essential. That's something you would always have to do. But then you can take one step above there. And you can talk about, let's say, a feature that's being adopted by users of a let's say a non-competing product, then you know that your audience, let's say podcasters, they will still find it worth, they find it valuable. And so then it's sufficiently, let's say, bottom of funnel. So there, there's the classic map of top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel. Bottom of funnel, meaning that when you expect people, like when they read your content, they actually convert. And then you take all the time, one step away, one step away. So obviously we start with the low hanging fruit, what can drive direct business impact at the same time what type of content can we integrate our product into and i think like once you combine those two those are the most powerful ones and then each time you take a step away from let's say the core product or like the bottom of funnel then you think about things as search volume things as keyword difficulty as well as the shareability of your content so if you distribute in communities maybe there's not much search volume for the keyword but if all of a sudden people start sharing it, then that definitely is worth trying it. So I think it's to answer in two sentences now, one, like you map how closely related is to your product and, and what like your expertise is. And once you, once it is very close and you have your expertise there, then of course, prioritize it. I think the second part is to think about shareability and experiment, try to find like your channel and content type fit. And once you see that it resonates, then yeah, basically double down on it. Nice. I love that. And uh, those are great insights there and just takeaways there. And just, I love that, just focusing on what's really close to the product. One of the other tactics you kind of mentioned, which I think is actually something very unique to Riverside is that, again, you mentioned every time I pull a guest into Riverside as a podcast host, that may be their first experience with the product, they, they, but they're getting exposed to it. So it's you guys have this natural social element, which I think is like, like Seth Godin probably loves this. He, you know, that's like he always talks about this. How do you make your product social? And you guys have it naturally baked in. And um, you, you kind of briefly teased that. How do you capitalize on that? Like, how do you make the most of that? And I'm curious, what have you been doing or trying or testing that out? Because it's not really something that's like proven you guys have this unique angle with your product and how are you thinking about how to capitalize that on maximize the growth from it yeah so i, th I think like i said before like we've been very fortunate that it's it's just the core of our product and in all fairness right now we haven't leveraged it that much i mean we're very much focused on like first building the best product out there building the best experience 
and then I think in the next phase, we'll, we'll focus much more on, okay, how can we leverage that? So by saying this, we focus on it, let's say by like ex delivering the best product experience. So as a guest, when you join, it's literally one click on the URL and you're in the session and you select your camera, you select your mic, you select your output and you click join session and you're in there. So I think by, for example, optimizing this guest flow, you deliver the best product experience possible. And therefore, if it actually is someone that could use such a solution, already their first touch point has been super smooth. So I think in that sense, indirectly, that really contributes to the whole process of, okay, how can we think about building that virality into the product and how can we actually deliver the best experience, not only for current users, but also for prospective users. Nice. I love that. And that makes sense. And I just love the focus on the, the product first, and then there will probably be more ways to leverage that on top of it. But um, that's what I think has been really interesting about your guys as a tool is that it there's so many cool things I think that you guys can and will do, especially now that you with like the funding and everything that you've received. But it seems like the goal at the beginning was like, how do we just make this robust tool and like all the backup solutions, all of the fail safes it's like that is clearly listen to your customers where it's like as a podcast editor if like if there's a risk of failure i'm not going to trust it and i'll go to zoom because it like i know zoom is reliable and so you guys built in all of those fail safes and everything and it seems like like you said like that's just a, you guys are really focused on like core product as the foundation is that right yeah that's right that's right for sure um and like we're doing like we have an amazing dev team and they're doing a lot of let's say the non-sexy work um, and although you would love to do like all the sexy work or at least communicate that to the world, like it's, it's essential to first do the non-sexy work. And I think as a benefit there, um, like I mentioned before, like when, when Riverside was launched, it didn't only do audio, but it also did video. And so having the benefit of basically being built as an audio plus video platform or having both components that also changes completely the underlying infrastructure. And like to scale it up, like you built in a different way. And that's like in there, we built a couple of not only backup mechanisms, but also that when you're in a live recording and a browser, for example, crashes, you can just come back to it and the recording continues and the recording output still is safe in your dashboard. And that's something very specific. I myself, I don't know the details. Like there are people much, much, much better who, who have built this. Um, but these are the type of things indeed that we need to get that robustness and reliability right before taking the next steps. I love that. And so I want to shift here to another question that, you know, you guys have just raised, I believe it was $9.5 million. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And I'm curious for you as a marketer, you've been with the company pretty much since right around when it started and you're out there, you're marketing, you're trying to grow the business. And suddenly you are now have all this funding, which you now probably have a much larger marketing budget and everything like this. So I'm, I'm curious, how does this shit change things for you? Or as a marketer, how does your role or your kind of plans or perspective change as this all happens? Yeah, so I, I think I think it changes a couple of things. Or, I mean, like one, one of it is, it, it's amazing to have it available, but at the same time, you still need to find your right channels. You need to find the channels that work for you. And that give you a positive return or at least give you like an acceptable return at the cost of growing faster. So what it really does is that everything, you need to do everything better and at a faster pace. 
And so everything needs to be scalable. So I think like the biggest impact is when it comes down to processes. Like in the beginning, when you're hustling much more and when you're trying much more and when you're doing much more, um, let's say, manual work, and when you then it's it's easier to have a channel like to get conversions from a channel. But getting, let's say, 50 conversions from a channel versus 500 conversions from a channel, that is like very, very different. So I think like changing, changing a mindset, setting up the systems, as well as doing all the detailed work that compounds, having these aspects are very important to get it right. So although all of a sudden there's, let's say, much more funding available, I wouldn't say it makes it necessarily easier, but at the same time, it allows for more experimentation, which is great as a marketeer. It allows for working together with a lot of creators and a lot of different channels to try to find the right fit there. But everything must be like at a faster pace. So that's definitely something. Yeah, that that's like like before you get investment rounds, you might not you might not realize what the impact is of it. But after you get it, you do realize it. Yeah. I love that. And and so what I'm hearing you say is that it's really for you right now, it's, you've got to run a lot of tests, find things that have a positive ROI, and then you've got the funding to scale those. But for you, you, it's not like you can suddenly just pour all of this money into marketing. You've still got to do all the tests. You still got to do all the things you would have otherwise, but now you've just, when you find something that works, you've got the lever to just say, go like, this is working, go on this one while we still run other tests, or you can run more tests simultaneously than you could have say budgeted or afforded to before. Is that right? Yeah. And, and especially you can, you can run like, I don't know, like you can run more tests, but sometimes it's good to focus just on a couple of things, but you can, yeah, you can definitely like increase the level of it. Um, and also get faster validation or falsification. I mean, the more budget you have, the faster clearly you can get the data to back it up. Yeah, I love that. That makes sense. And so I'm I'm curious, you know, for you, uh, where like you know where what does the future next couple of years hold for Riverside, and what are your kind of plans or where you guys are all taking this? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we'll we'll see that. Like like I said before, I think as a company, um, we have a very clear focus, and that is just making the workflow easier and better and so but easier and better means that will i think that will evolve over time as well but i think for now getting the core flows right and then simplifying the core flows and really think about okay how can we as a facilitator as a tech facilitator help you in that process so for example Let's say when you look at the podcast market, and maybe it's also interesting to to hear your perspective afterwards. Like I talk to a lot of podcasters, some of them, they really enjoy to be involved from A to Z. They want to go through every step and it's really, it's a, it's a craft. So they like to dive into the edit for hours, getting everything out, getting everything right. But then there's also the other part and they say, no, we love to talk with people, but we don't want to spend hours in the editing program. We don't want to spend hours distributing. We don't want to spend hours getting captions, adding sounds, etc., etc. And so I think we're really there to provide the highest possible quality for the professional or craft person that wants to be in control from A to Z, whilst also giving the tool set to creators who just want to focus on like having the conversations, but then shorten the time it takes to publish. 
And so that is something we'll be focusing on. And so in short, like really making it as, as easy and good as possible to create your message, to record it, to edit it, or maybe with a couple of clicks, you can edit it now and then distribute it. Nice. I love that. That is um, exciting. And I'm, I'm excited to be a customer along on this journey and see where you guys take this. Awesome. So as we wrap up here, um, one of the questions that I always like to ask is, um, we didn't go too much into your backstory of career and everything, but I'm curious, you know, if you were to go back, say five, six years and go to your younger self, um, you know, what advice would you give, you know, your younger self on your kind of marketing career path? I, I think, I think just experiment, just, just try things like it's, it, it sounds, it sounds very cliche, but like you never, you never know what works and you actually really don't know what works until, until you try it. And just make make sure that you have a process, shorten the feedback loop. Try to be as objective as possible while using your intuition. So don't don't throw away your intuition. I think ultimately it's very important and you cannot attribute everything and that's why you cannot measure everything perfectly. But try to, when you can, try to run experiments, see what works and actually use that rather than collecting opinions. And sometimes that's very, it's kind of difficult uh, but I think like when you do this time in, time out, you will see, yeah, you will reap the benefits of it. And so I would really recommend that. Awesome. I love it. Um, well, as we wrap up here, then uh, where can everyone go if they want to go try out Riverside, see what you guys are doing um, or find out more about you online? What's the best place to go to, to contact you guys? Yeah, so you can you can go to riverside.fm and you can basically sign up for a trial. No credit card required. You can just start your recording. Uh, so that's definitely the best way. And we're also active on Twitter, uh, riverside.fm, D-O-T-F-M. So yeah, I mean, I would say just visit our Twitter, send us a DM. We're very responsive also on our website. You can always use the chat box uh, because we're here to to help you out. We're here to assist. So yeah, really reach out. And yeah, personally, you can also find me on uh, on Twitter at Abel Grunfeld, A-B-E-L-G-R-U-N-F-E-L-D. Or you can find me on LinkedIn. And if you have any questions, like always happy to help. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, thank you for taking the time to come on. This was amazing. And again, I highly recommend your guys' product. It's awesome. I love it. So I uh, appreciate you coming on the show here today. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Leaders of B2B podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating. And as always, you can see more information about this episode and all the resources mentioned at leadersofb2b.com.